here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody. And welcome to the CJ Cost. I'm Joel Abraham. A little bit bugged up today, suffering from a bit of a cold. Uh, joined by David McDonald. David, 24 hours later than we were originally planning to record. Do you want to clue us in on what was <laughs> sure. going on with David this weekend? <laughs> well, this that this one's Damon's fault, definitely. Um, we had uh, we communicate <clears throat> a lot on the weekends, and uh, we set up a time and everything. And I knew I was going out, but I thought I was going to be um, I thought it was going to be responsible, Damon, and uh, responsible Damon no showed. <laughs> he uh, he uh, did not make the show, so uh, I went to a um, once again falling victim to the the tribute band, Joel. This time it was a U two tribute band, and they were great. They were called uh, the Unforgettable Fire, named after a album and song of the same name. And uh, the Bono guy is amazing. And listen, I know there's people that that, that hand wave U2 and they think they're, it's, it's fucking dad rock or whatever. They're, they're great. I don't care what anybody says. U2 is one of the greatest bands of all time. <clears throat> and this cover band was was great. And the Bono guy was was amazing. And, and it's, it, what is fun is like when you have that weird talent, like you can sing, but I can sing like another human being who's famous. And not only that, but my DNA has kind of morphed into this person who kind of looks like him, right? That, that, isn't that the weirdest thing? Like, I look like a guy, and I can sing like a guy. That's just like the weirdest talent, I mean, to me, of, of any talent. Um, so the band was tight, and that was tight. And then I introduced a couple friends to the the world of strong zeros, which, <laughs> as you know, if if we're bringing out the strong zeros, we're we're going for broke. So, anywho, um, uh, I get woken up. It's like uh, I think we agreed upon like a, like an eight o'clock bell time, and uh, oh boy, it just didn't happen because I uh, I woke up and then the next thing I know it was an hour later, and then I'm scrambling. I'm like, oh, Joel, I'm so sorry. He, and you weren't feeling good anyway. Like you, you're coming off, coming off a pretty decent flu or cold, and you were you were kind of happy you got that text message. So uh, it's now six a.m. for me. Um, it's cold as fuck out here in Philadelphia. I don't know what the weather is out there. It is like it's it's legitimately minus whatever, and it's it's freezing fucking cold. And uh, that's my update for the day. <laughs> Thank you. So 6am, David's just woken up, 
But uh, luckily, he is here to give us a full breakdown, a thorough recap Ooh. of all the Fantastic Mania shows. So take it away, Damon. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Brian Alvarez. So, Dave, tell us about Fantastic Mania. Um, Shuffle some papers. <laughs> yeah, let me get my notes. Uh, Hmm. I, I did watch I... a bit of Fantastic Mania. Yeah. Some noteworthy stuff okay. that I thought was quite interesting was Sho and Yo, who were wrestling under their Fujin and Raging gimmicks. They beat Shingo and Bushi on the 16th, so there's a possibility that that might lead into a future IWGP Junior Tag Team Challenge at some point if Shingo and Bushi manage to retain against Kanemaru and Desperado at New Beginning. There was a singles match between Cavanario and Soberano Jr., which was really good, because during the junior tag league, we didn't really see the best of Soberano Jr., but he seemed a lot more comfortable here, and it was a really good match. I mean, we got to see a caveman do the worm. What more do you want? And literally, as we started recording, there was a special tag match about to happen, which was the movie My Dad is a Heel Wrestler special tag match between Sweet Gorilla, Mariyama, and Dragon George versus Blue Bottle Mask and Cockroach Mask. So that's... Uh, Makabe and Okada versus Taguchi and Tanahashi, for those of you who were not aware of the film. And also, we got a new commentator today, uh, an English gentleman going by the name of Tom, who is getting rave reviews. I've been on the Discord channel, the Super Jcast Discords, where there's a lot of people watching live, and they are full of praise for Tom, who knows the products inside out, is even correcting maths on some things, which is great, and seems to be a natural at it. So, I was curious if it was the same wonderful gentleman that we bumped into at Krakow and Hall. So if it is, one, big thumbs up for the great job on commentary. And two, get in touch. Give us a call, Tom. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. You 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 passed along that word this morning. And I was like, I mean, I was, you know, when you said the name, I'm thinking, oh, is that the same gentleman we met at Corkin? Um, so if it is... And and I'll have then I listen. I'm, I'll I'll definitely watch this show. How about that? I'll definitely watch this show later today, and give some feedback. Aside from that, though, I I cannot say, uh, and and some people might dismiss this, but as as we have for Fantastic Mania, but you know, it's it's hard it's hard to 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 get into this, uh, and 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 I was explaining to people who. You know, aren't fans of of pro wrestling or New Japan or or you know or any of it? You know, kind of like what this week is or what these two weeks are, and you know, it's like you're you're hyped, you are excited for pro wrestling after coming off of Wrestle Kingdom, and you you just want more and more and more, and 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 you're you you can't be satisfied with just just coming off of Dash and then jumping into Fantastic Mania. It's just, and I know some people have suggested, well, why don't they move the tour or why don't they move it? It's not the tour and it's not the wrestling because the wrestling is, is pretty good. It's not really my style. Um, it's not something that, that I particularly go out of my way to, to seek. If somebody says it's good, I'll watch. But a lot of times I, ju- I just don't like the style. I just find it overly queer, choreographed. Um, and just not to my tastes. And that's okay. There's people who enjoy it, and that's fine. I'm, I'm, I won't knock you. Um, it's the fact that it just means Zilcho in the in the um, in the story arc of, of of New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's just this thing that they just do. I don't I, I don't know how other way to explain it. Like there's nothing that goes on on this tour 
that impacts the remainder of the year. And if there was, I, I absolutely would be more in on it. But it's just a, a complete pause right after, literally right after, the most exciting time of the year. And 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 again, I is it to give wrestlers a break? Is it to uh, give everyone a break? Give everybody a little pause and time to reflect? Maybe I don't. You know, it just doesn't work for me. And especially the timing of when it occurs. Um, so to, to answer a question of you know, would it be best to hit you know to have it in in, in April or I, I don't know. But any time that you hit pause, it just tells me that. This is not important or it's not relevant to anything that I really need to to focus on. Um, and just trust me, it's a busy time of year for everybody. I don't know. It just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit with me. Um, and, and it's just something I, I, I have a lot of difficulty wrapping my head around. Uh, listener Robin wrote to us and said, what would you replace Fantastic Mania with in the NJPW calendar? Would this be a better slot for Tagley? I don't think so. I think Fantastic Mania is fine where it is. I enjoyed watching the bits and pieces that I have seen, but personally, I enjoy having a little bit of break from New Japan after Dash because it's a time of year you've watched a lot of wrestling, particularly if you're into the, the Japanese pro wrestling scene because there's a lot of stuff going on that whole Wrestle Kingdom week. So I've been watching lots of stuff. I've been watching some Noah, some All Japan, some Wrestle One, some Zero One, some DDT, some Joshi Wrestling. So there's a ton of stuff to get through. So having to catch up on all of that and also... We're getting the ballots through for Voices of Wrestling top 10 matches of the year. So I've got a long list of stuff that I want to rewatch. So personally, I'm quite happy with Fantastic and Mania where it is. It's non-canon. It's a bit fun. The matches are fun. But it's okay to just sort of dip in and out of it. It's not must-see New Japan. You're not going to get lost if you don't see any of it. And personally, I enjoy having the break. It is a break. And and it is, it is kind of like what you mentioned because you're right. I probably... It's probably my my busiest time of watching non New Japan pro wrestling. Um, so if there's a benefit for the for the entire pro wrestling community, uh, yeah, they're getting more eyeballs on the product probably now than they do just about at any other time of the year. I mean, except for like big, you know, all Japan when they have the Champions Carnival, you know, you're, you're you're tuning in for that, or um, you know, a, a big Noah show or uh, a big, uh, big Japan show in the middle of, of of the summer. So, yeah, it's on the one side, it is like ah, uh, you know, fuck. I, I, I'm really hyped for the new Japan, and 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 I want to see more. But in in the in the same regard, it's kind of nice to have that little break that you know you can kind of step away and pop in and out of when you can, uh, because it's really not something that's going to impact. Uh, you're not going to miss anything. You're not going to, you know, you not feel like uh, uh, you know, anything storyline wise or anything match quality wise. It's going to be uh, a deal breaker if you miss. Matthew asks if you were to pick one wrestler from CMLL apart from Dragon Lee to be the best of Super Juniors this year, who would it be? So I would just dip in and say, based on what I've seen so far from Fantastic Mania, I know uh, Cavanario has been in the best of Super Juniors before, so. I'd like to see him back because he really impressed me the other day. And I think Soberano Jr. deserves another chance. I know he wasn't great during the Junior Tag League, but I think there's every chance that he could be in best of Super Juniors as well. Uh, David, anyone off the top of your head outside? Obviously, you haven't seen Fantastic Mania, but any other CMLL talent that you think should be in best of Super Juniors? Hmm. 
Um, I, I, no, <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's a simple answer. I mean, I mean, it's just, I, 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 I kind of like Barbaro, Cavernaro, um, I, I, none of them really do a lot for me. I'm going to be honest. I, I, I just, they just don't do anything for me. They, I, 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 and I, I don't me, you know, I don't make, make it mean to sound like they stink because they certainly don't, but I'm, I'm not, they, I, I don't really, they don't do anything for me. None of them, none of them connect with me. None of, I mean, trust me, I love a dragon league. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'd rather see a Robbie Eagles. Really, I'd rather see. A, I don't know. It's just a style. It's just. It's. I'm. I'm really trying to like. And like. I like. I'm actually looking to be like. Would I want that person? But I'm looking at like a roster. I'm like not. Nothing's really like connecting with me. I, I mean, I, I'm fine. With with what we got, I don't th- I don't think anybody's. Here's the thing: I don't think you tell me you you've watched more than me. Has anybody connected with you so much as as you would say? Yeah, they deserve a spot in best of the super juniors right now. I can't argue with a caveman who does the worm. That I was sold on day one from that. <laughs> I mean, he's he's been on every not every single tour, but he's been on every single tour that I can vividly remember. Um, I remember him with Nakamura, like them two palling around a lot. He was like the king of caveman style. He had it painted on his back. Uh, and I loved Nakamura's mask. That's one thing I do. do. And Kushida, when he brings out his little robot mask, that's, I do. It's just, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I, one, I feel like I can't do it justice because I don't watch enough of it to really be like, that guy's great. That guy's not great. And, and, and. I don't watch like I'm like I don't watch enough CML to to be like they're great and they're not great and then I don't watch a lot of Fantastica Mania, so we spent the first five minutes talking about how much I don't watch this, <laughs> which sucks, which to a listener has to stink, but um, I don't think anybody's really wowed me enough to to take a spot in Special Super Juniors. I'm going to be truthful. Um, I, I would be okay if if if, if just just a Dragon Lee were in it, and that, that would be that. All right, so Damon hates Lucha. No! Take away from <laughs> no I'm joking, I'm joking. Right, I do me. have something, something for us to get our teeth stuck into. Uh, Louis says, if you take anything from this year's Fantastic Mania, it's that Hiromu has been watching, attending uh, the shows. So Dan says, uh, Sugabayashi said Hiromu has to be at 1,000%. Over the past month, Hiromu's Twitter indicates his recovery has gone from 732% in mid-December to 873% as of mm. today. If this pace continues, I think we're going to see him at New Beginning in Osaka or Izuka's retirement show. So, Damon, it seems now with Hiromu, it's a matter of when rather than if. Uh, Super J-Cast branded gun to your head, or time bomb to your head rather. When do you think we see Hiromu? Where would be the optimum time to bring it back? Um, I think it's going to be sooner than later. I think it's before G1. Uh, uh, I'll say before G1. Uh, 
how, how's that? Um, and you're right. I think it is a matter of not if, but when, which is very encouraging and, and very good news. I really thought he would be at Wrestle Kingdom. I, you know, here's the thing. <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if he was at Wrestle Kingdom, but he just, you know, he wasn't on camera and didn't show. Um, I had not heard. Where is Kabatachi Mosque? Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, getting in the in the Fantastic Amania spirit. Um, I'm going to say before G1, which is which is great news. Now again, there is that two sides of the coin kind of thing where everybody gets all antsy because it is a neck injury, and you know the first bump you're holding your breath. Everybody does it, but if the doctors clear them. And, the, and again, I like the fact that, you know, he has to be at, what, what was it, 10,000% or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that train of thought in the sense of you, you there can't be a, a thing wrong. It can't be a twinge or a, ooh, that kind of was, no, it's got to be perfect because it, 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 that is a serious injury. But if he's saying he gets the 10,000 and he's at 800, I can't believe we're talking in these percentages, but okay. Uh, we all get the point. Uh, yeah, if he gets clearance, he gets clearance. Clearance, clearance. Good. That's what that's what we want. And I think it's going to be uh, – I think he'll be back in the ring prior to G1. A few people have suggested the possibility of uh, New Beginning. LIJ have a clean sweep. They defend all their titles successfully. And they're doing the roll call at the end, and then Hiromu comes back then. So that will be a cool moment. I think Hiromu will be back before, in time for Best of the Super Juniors, because given that they're doing the final at the Sumo Hall, I think in order to sell that, they must know, my theory, they must know that Hiromu will be back by then. So I think he's going to be in Best of the Super Juniors and in the final to help sell out that venue. So those are my two cents on the issue and he's in all the videos yes. Joel he's in the, you know he was in yes. all of those promo, promotional videos and if there was a sliver of doubt of him not being back again he would be it's just kind of a a, a, a thing that teams and, and organizations and stuff do it's like you're just erased right right they don't want you to think about somebody who's on the shelf or, or not going to be able to participate so he was in all of it and, and a focal point of those videos so yeah I mean I think I think best of the super juniors is a solid solid call. All right, well we're to coin a Latin phrase bouncing around New Japan today, so let's have a look at what the Observer had to say this week. So we don't have a gate for Tokyo Dome yet, but it was confirmed as the largest gate for a pro wrestling show in Japan since the Antonio Inoki retirement show in 1998, which did the equivalent of seven million dollars for the Inoki versus Don Fry main event. It would be the second or third biggest of all time in Japan with the other Monster Gate from that era being the first Keiji Muto versus Nobuhiko Takada match in 1995 that did 6.1 million. So, just eyeballing it, Damon, when we were in the Tokyo Dome, looking around, it looked pretty full to me. So, you look back and you see those historical uh, attendances that they give you for stuff like, uh, was it Anoki's retirement or uh, and you know figures like 50,000, 60,000? I don't physically see how you would get that many bodies in the Tokyo Dome. I think Wrestle Kingdom 13 looked pretty damn close to a sellout to me, which I guess one tells you that all those figures that they gave you in the past, they were being economical with the truth. And two, they must be really close to selling out. Yeah. That 
that's one thing. When, when we were there, and again, I was sitting next to the, the, the Red Shoes cosplayer, and we were right on the end. So I guess the, the equivalent would be if you're in a baseball stadium and you are right on the first base foul line, right, right where the, the home, you know, your, your outfield wall is connects to the sidewall, right where the, the foul uh, pole would be. We were right there. That's that's where I was sitting, and that was full, right? So the only things that were really not full were the outfield sections, and you couldn't possibly sit there. Maybe one section you could, um, but you'd be close to the stage setup. So it would be, you know, a, a tight squeeze. Number one, and number two, just with the with the stage layout, it but would be a little bit difficult and a little bit pyro and all that nonsense. So they're not going to sell those seats. The only other place where they could have put people in might be there, there, there was a large pocket of open area. And again, there were no seats there, but a large pocket in beyond that, I guess they called it uh, section B. So they had the golden circle seats near the ringside, and then they had section A on the floor. And then section B was a section past that. But it did seem like there was a bit of an opening where they could have put more seats uh, beyond that on the infield. They would have been terrible seats, though. I mean, let's be truthful, because you you got two levels, two layers of people ahead of you um, with about probably like 30 rows each section. The The first level, you know, your first elevated level where you would normally be sitting for like a baseball game, Joe, they were packed. And it wasn't, I, I, I couldn't, I mean, there might have been like a one-seater every once in a while, but by and large, it was packed. And then the second level, that was packed as well. And it felt like anywhere that they that you could find seats, people were sitting them. And my point being, I was sitting next to the Red Shoes cosplayer guy, and we were both kind of looking around at the same time, and we, our eyes both met like, as we were kind of scanning the, the entire stadium. And we're both nodding like, there's a lot of people here. And we kissed. <laughs> it was a romantic moment. It really was. Our eyes locked. Oh, he smelled nice. He held me tight. Um, no, silly. We were looking at the crowd. And, yeah, we both kind of nodded at the same time. Like, wow, there's a lot of fucking people here. And I'm terrible with, like, counting crowds. But when you told me the paid number was, like, 30-something, 30 39 or whatever it was, um, I was a little disappointed because it felt like there were more. It, it felt like we got past that forty mark with paid, um, and I think with comps and everything else, it felt like there were more than forty-two in that building. Yeah, so it does maybe explain why they would run the dome twice, especially when you take into account that there were. How many people applied for Dash? Was it 10,000 people or something? Yeah. Horribly oversubscribed for New Year Dash. So you you get the reasoning behind, well, fuck it. Let's just do the Dome twice. And even if they do get a lower number for one of those shows, even if they hit, let's say, 20,000, that's still got to be considered a success. See, here's the thing. I really don't think it's going to be... I, I think the mindset is going to be... And again, I don't know... We all know that it's not the the you know the Western, and we put Western, we put everybody that's not Japanese in that Western bucket. Unfortunately, even though you know 
there's Australia, who's south, and there's you know South America. And, but when we say Western, we're saying anybody who's non-Japanese. That's foreign. Like, I was having this foreign. discussion with someone on Twitter. They they said, "Why do you keep calling Jay White the Western Ace when he's from New Zealand?" I was right. like, oh, "Okay, fair enough. Call, right. call him the Foreign Ace." Right, right, right. Um, I, I see that point, especially like if you're if you are Australian or from New Zealand. It's like we're not Western, yeah, fuck faces. I, I know we get it, but but that's what we're, we're alluding to. Um, what was my point? My point was, uh, oh yeah, they're they're not driving the ticket sales per se but it is a great barometer to kind of sort out the overall attendance like if there's a lot of western audience there's going to be a lot of buzz in general for a show and again a lot goes into that you know getting over to the you know the hesitation of oh i gotta be on an airplane for 14 hours and oh i gotta save some money and oh i gotta plan this shit but um you know the 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 fun factor of going over there and and doing that outweighs a, a lot of those struggles people might have. So, uh, but again, it's it, it's it's used as a barometer to gauge interest overall in a show. I think once people are there, though, it's like okay, I'm uh, there's two now. Great, I'll just buy two instead of having to struggle and cut off a toe and sell my child. Or, you know, refi my house to get into Dash, right? And those tickets aren't that expensive no. for Wrestle Kingdom. No, they're not. They're really, I mean, considering, I mean, the, the Golden Circle tickets are like, are 500 bucks, which is, okay, it is what it is. But um, but overall, to get your ass in the building, it, you, you can get your ass in the building. Um, and it just, I, I like the idea of it too, because it just makes it much more convenient. You know what I mean? Like again, everybody wants to be in Dash. Everybody, the the the, the forty thousand people that were at the Tokyo Dome, uh, I would say thirty nine thousand of them, if given the opportunity, would would go to Cork in the next day. Physically impossible to do. This makes it a, a hell of a lot easier for people. It's just oh cool, <clears throat> I'll be back at the big the big boy house. Great, um, and getting the tickets and getting everything. So I think that's going to be the, the, a, a real fun two days. Um, the, the downside of it is, okay, you, you got to put on two decent shows. I, 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 I hope and pray that it's not, there's not a weaker show. I mean, I think we'll spend a lot of time comparing the two and figuring out and all that stuff. But, you know, the, the one side of the coin is, you know, there is the possibility of having a weaker show, but also the other side of the coin is this too, matches that will will that you know we had the the first show the one you know the, the show that just passed and i think the biggest complaint that we've heard and it wasn't a loud one but it it is one that was like ah, i wish they had more time ah, i wish that match had more time well okay now you can you can have these matches have all the time they want because we got two hour two dome shows we got to fill and i'm not saying that they both go five hours but you know, it's a dome show, so you're, you're it's not going to go a two-hour show. These aren't going to be two-hour dome shows. So these matches can get some time, which is nice. So I think there's pluses and minuses, but I think the pluses outweigh the minuses in this case. And also, you're not going to have situations with established names like Suzuki, Goto, Taichi being left off the show. Yeah. You can find meaningful programs and matches for all your top names. So you know, those 15 guys who were put on the pre-show 
gauntlet match, take a handful of the top names from that and give them decent singles programs and everyone's happy. Yep. And now here's the thing though. What that what does that mean from a booking perspective? Here's what it means from a booking perspective. You can't have lazy booking at this point. You gotta have everything mean something. So while it was nice that we got Zach and Ishii, and it was nice that we got Abushi and 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 Osprey, those let's be truthful. In in some cases, you know, there were matches that were kind of thrown together at the last minute. And again, Abushi and 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 Osprey maybe not because there was a story there with Goto in the mix and all that. You, you tag situation, I think maybe maybe I would put in that category of you know just things things just seemed hodgepodgey throughout the year. You can't do that. You, you get you're you're going to have to really have a decent, at least an attempt, mind you, of building a decent storyline for each of these programs for it to, to resonate. So uh, I, I think that's something that will need to be worked on throughout the entire year where each division and each program goes into those Wrestle Kingdom kingdoms <laughs> um, with a little bit more focus and a little bit more okay, meaning as we go into those that this year's dome season. Okay, let's move on to the next topic, which is the 2018 Tokyo Sports Progress Awards. MVP went to Hiroshi Tanahashi, match of the year to Omega and Okada from Dominion. Tag team, the Violence Giants, Suwama and Shuji Ishikawa from All Japan. Outstanding performance to Naomichi Marufuji from NOAA. Fighting Spirit Award went to Kaito Kiyomiya from NOAA. The Technical Award to Tetsuya Naito. Joshi Award to Tsukasa Fujimoto of Ice Ribbon. And the Rookie Award to Utami Hayashishita from Stardom. So we have representation from three New Japan winners there. Any surprises there for you, Damon? No, not really. They, I like, I like, I like just like how you mentioned that it, it is a mix of all these different promotions. It doesn't feel like it's because it could very easily be a, a, a completely uh, New Japan focused, or um, if there, if it were another promotion that was riding a hot streak, you you know, it's it's a nice mix, um, and I think it's deserving. You know, I, I don't. I'm not. I don't feel like anybody got slated on that one. Um, maybe no, not even. No, I was going to say maybe Tanahashi, but uh, for MVP, but no, he deserves it. He was close in hours. Uh, match of the year, good tag team of the year. I like a lot. That's a well deserving tag team right there. Uh, who just recently lost their titles, right? They lost their, their, their titles to uh, Strong BJ, right? Um, yeah, I watched that match this morning. How, it's terrific. Yeah. If you're into that sort of stuff, for big lads doing big lad things, check it out. Yeah. Um, I was there for the the challenge. Let's put that when they, when they hit the ring and they challenged. Um, mm, no. That, 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 I think that's uh, I think they did a good job there. Those awards. That, that's that's fine. And, they, and correct me if I'm wrong, that was like... Uh, one of Kenny's last Japanese performances, not performances, but appearances, should I say? Um, shortly after that, he tweeted out that picture of him until next time Japan, and uh, which was pretty uh, interesting to say the least. I'm sure a talking point we'll have further down the road. Yeah, definitely. Um, I obviously don't think we've seen the last of him, but uh, we'll have to wait and see for that one. Sticking with the awards, uh, Liam on the Discord has sent us a Twitter thread with winners for the 2018 Net Pro Wrestling Awards, i.e. Japanese hardcore smart fans. 
Uh, Liam adds, I do love the smarks putting Tetsuya Naito below Takeda and Jay White where he fucking belongs. So, controversial there. Uh, here, Okay, so I'll read out MVP. Here's the list. One, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Two, Masashi Takeda. Three, Kenny Omega. Meiko Satomura. Naomichi Marafuji. Jay White. Tetsuya Naito. Asuka. WWE. Shima. And Kento Miyahara. So there's your top 10 MVP. Tanahashi on top again. Uh, anything stand out to you there? Kind of surprised uh, Miyahara was a little low. Um, he's, I mean... He, it's all Japan, and and all Japan is always going to, I don't want to say struggle, but you know they're always going to struggle, um, to kind of get the eyeballs and, and and get the people behind them. He's he's had good matches. His main events are usually good, at least good. Uh, so I'm a little little, little surprised. He's that far down on, in the pecking order in the voting of of a hardcore fan base too. Um, it's kind of telling, I think. That that I guess that would be my one surprise. Asuka, maybe too. I mean, what did she? What did she do? <laughs> I've, I've never. She's the SmackDown Women's Champion. Thank you very much. Uh, I think. Not that I watch it. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, Jay White in sixth. Yeah, that's very high. Yeah. I, I you know, I wonder. I, I'd wonder what the criteria people have. Um, in in that voting, and 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 yeah, I guess those that, that would be a surprise for me too, huh? Yeah, interesting numbers there. I I I mean, everyone that we've it felt like we talked to felt like he's in the mix, right? I mean, hmm. that's that's that's, that's that, that. Yeah, give me the minute. Give me the top three again. Uh, top three was Hiroshi Tanahashi, Masashi Takeda, and Kenny Omega. Okay. Mm. I mean, you can make an argument. I, I Miyahara being that low is is, is like tenth, right? Right? That ten. Huh. I wonder. Yeah, where, I wonder. Where, right. I wonder where people were sour on his year. I mean, it wasn't a spectacular year, but it was. It was a solid year. I don't know if it's 10. I think he deserves to be higher than that. Above Asuka. Christ. Let's talk about the best tag team then. Number one, the Strong Hearts faction. Two, Suwama and Shuji Ishikawa. Three, Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi. Four, Evelyn Sonata. Five, LIJ. Six, Young Bucks. Seven, Kanemaru and Desperado. Strong Hearts coming in really high there. People are into that stuff. They're into the Shima and T-Hawk and L. Lindemann and those boys. Yeah, they're good. Number one, though? Hmm. They're good, though. It was interesting they- that Golden Lovers came in top out of all the New Japan tag teams because there was a lot of consternation when our Super J-Cast Awards came out with Golden Lovers being the top tag team there. And the hardcore Japanese uh, smart fans have voted the same way. Yeah. Well, listen, we have, an, we have a very intelligent listening audience. They know. Uh, but, but but let's be truthful here. What, who else were you going to vote for in heavyweight tags? Sonata and Evil? G.O.D.? Right? Just, it, I, you really didn't have a lot to pick from. Young Bucks? Uh, I mean, you didn't, you didn't really have a lot to pick from. And they were in the mix the entire year. 
and it was probably one of, if not the biggest storyline in New Japan all year. Matches were good, right? Weren't a lot of matches, but the output was at the ver- at the very least solid, uh, and at the high end, pretty great. So, yeah, I mean, what else? You didn't really have a lot else to pick from. I think they were a a clear cut and distant winner. Best match number one: Tarashi Tanahashi versus Kota Ibushi, the G1 final. Two: Okada versus Omega at Dominion. Three: Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. That's a bit of a surprise that came in so high. Four: Masashi Takeda versus Isami Kodaka. That incredible death match that has everyone buzzing and talking about yeah. it. Number five, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi from the Road to Tokyo Dome show right at the end of the year. Six, Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr. Seven, Kenny Omega versus Ishii from the G1. Eight, Violento Jack versus Masashi Takeda. Nine, Shuji Ishikawa versus Shingo Takagi from the Champions Carnival. And ten, Masashi Takeda versus Jun Kasai. So, Masashi Takeda in there three times is had a, an outstanding year. That's something. Death match there. You know, that's not easy to do. Because you figure these sometimes I feel like those death matches you 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 are limited in the sense of you know the spots that are the biggest ooh and ah are death match related you know so it's usually something where you're falling from a considerable height or there, you know it's it's more about the dangerousness of of what is going on in the ring as opposed to say the the skill of a dominion match right and that's not to say that the big japan stuff and the death match stuff isn't skillful don't get no don't get me wrong but most of it it feels like you know when you're popping out of your chair it's more of holy fucking shit he just landed on a you know bed of nails from a power bomb from the top row. You know what I mean? Like it's that kind of crazy ass shit that they're they're pulling off. Um and I feel like sometimes you can be somewhat limited in in what you can do in a ring filled with shards of glass. So uh with that said, I th- I, th- I think it's a pretty amazing thing. Sometimes again, it's more of the car crash element that I'm watching for that and it's not so much the and I put in air quotes the great wrestling. It's it's a it's a it's 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 not for everybody. Like you know, I I can understand if people hand wave it because of just the the, the grossness factor of it. You know, there's just the blood running down people's backs and just. Ugh. Um, but there is that element of holy shit! I can't believe these people are putting their bodies through this stuff and. You know, they, they they make it work into into a into a solid, fun, uh, entertaining pro wrestling match. So, again, if this podcast is if this show isn't anything, it's both sides of the coin. So I'm trying to pl- play both sides of the fence a little bit. I like it. I I I will watch those main events, and I think that they are pretty great. There, but there is that element of oh, like this is pretty gross. <laughs> it's not. I can't lie. Yeah, I'm into them too. I haven't really watched much until I saw that Takeda versus Kodaka match, which if you haven't seen, do go out of your way to watch it because other people have said it best that it was a five-star match that happened to also be a death match. It wasn't something that was leaning upon the death match gimmick as a crutch to make it more exciting. It was just a brilliantly worked match. So if you haven't seen that, do check it out. Um, Newcomer Awards is the last one I'll 
delve into. Number one, Shota Umino. Two, Ayami Sasamura. Three, Andres a Giant Panda. Four, Utami Haishishta. Five, Ronda Rousey. Six, Maki Ito. Seven, Great Okan. Eight, Takuya Nomura. Nine, Yota Suji. So, Shota Umino, right at the top of the list there, beating the fabled Andres a Giant Panda. Future IWGP heavyweight champion for you, Damon? He's on the short list, right? Uh... Yeah, I, 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 I would say so. I would say so. And I think the panda, too. <laughs> I think the giant panda's in the running, too. Um, I'm surprised. They, I'm surprised. Well, I was going to say I'm surprised Rousey's on there, but really not, considering the company's, and I say this in air quotes, has gone all all in on, on Ronda Rousey. Well, I really haven't. Uh, yeah. I would say a, a, a future IWGP heavyweight champion. If 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 you put the branded gun to my head, yep, I would say that absolutely. I feel personally vindicated as well that their MVP, best match and uh, best event, Wrestle Kingdom twelve, all the same ones that I pick. So I've got my finger on the pulse of the hardcore Japanese progress <laughs> mark statement. <laughs> You're in. You're in. Hey, listen, you know, we're one of the few people that got into Dash, so that was kind of like our our, uh, um, our entry into the hardcore Japanese wrestling fandom scene. So uh, that, that, that made me feel pretty good. And that, of course, is uh, all, for, all from a, a wonderful New Zealander <laughs> who got us into the inside. Yeah, we have to give Fraser the weekly shout-out. Yeah. Yeah, we, we do all. Scampi's giving you a shout-out as well, Fraser. Yeah, yeah. So thank you again uh, to, the, to the king of the Japanese pro wrestling scene, uh, Mr. G1. Okay, next piece of news here. Dragon Lee and Roosh have signed with Ring of Honor. So first thought that popped into my head, Damon, this MSG card is looking a bit more optimistic on the Ring of Honor side. It sure did, right? That was my first thought too, uh, which was an interesting thing. Um, like I, I actually was reading a little bit about the NLW stuff and... and um, you know, and, and Ring of Honor, and and a lot of the, I don't know the the, the, the demands that that were brought up, brought on in signing, um, and how you know half his family needed to have jobs for him to be signed. And all this. Oh, and he wanted to get a, a punditry job uh, for this football commentary, didn't he? Right, right. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. <clears throat> um, and and you know it sounded like they were they were bending over backwards to try to make it happen. Um, yeah, I thought that was a. I mean, for all people, I was like, I, you know, I mean, he's a talented dude and all, and a former, and current, right? I guess current Los Ingobernables member. Uh, it's he's a, the founder, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he. I I just was like, wow, all, all over him, huh? We're fawning over Rush. Uh, Look, it's a good signing, and both of them, for Ring of Honor. And I, I like the fact that – here's what I like. I like the fact that Ring of Honor is being serious when it comes down to locking down talent, and and and, and they have tried to do this in the past. I mean, everybody – not everybody, but a lot of the people that they felt that were important cogs in the wheel would sign two-year deals or three-year deals. It, the problem is, is that they do they – do, up their stock, and when this when that contract ends, it's like up oh, bye, you know, 
Ring of Honor invest all that hard work. It's not the first contract that they sign that is the important one. It's the renewal that's the, the important one um, that they don't seem to be able to do. Um, and again, I feel bad for them because they spend a lot of time and invest a lot of time and money and effort into making them the names that they are so that they can then go elsewhere. So uh, good signings, important signings, yes. I think that makes the it makes Ring of Honor a lot more interesting signing those two. Okay, but it's the second round that's going to be important. So let's let's keep that in mind. Uh, but yeah, the Madison Square Garden show does seem to be a little bit more gives a little bit more fire and a little bit more of a, uh, interesting matchups than than maybe we had a few months ago. Yeah, especially if you take into consideration Juice Robinson and his weird faction that debuted yeah. the other week as well a lot of new blood in there yeah listen we knocked ring of honor a little bit you know with like you know the everybody all circle jerking over all in uh you know ring of honor's kind of sneaked up and uh it's done some good things when it comes to signing locking down some talent so no i, I you know and again, a lot, a lot of that, a little bit under the ra- radar. So, so good for them. Again, but it's that second round of signings that are more and more important than the first. You got to do the first to do the second. But so let's just keep that in the back of our minds. Yeah, we're into adapt or die kind of territory now. And yeah, it was just interesting seeing people in WWE just brazenly asking for their releases, like uh, the Revival did. And Maria and Mike Kanellis, there were some scuttlebutt, as you would say, about them asking for their release as well. So it's great. It's really interesting now that there is, and people have denied it, but this is competition. You've got AEW there throwing big money around. You've got ROH throwing big money around. So if nothing else, this will give WWE the kick up the backsides that it so dearly needs. So... I'm excited, Damon. It's yeah. an interesting time. So Competition. There's be a lot of jumps from New Japan outwards, people coming to New Japan, ROH, AEW, WWE, all the other promotions. It's fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, look, I know that the Canalis and and, and 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 Bennett thing was, you know, denied by Maria, who said, you know, that they she tweeted out that they they didn't ask for their release. But I'm sure again, <clears throat> where there's smoke, there's fire. Um I wouldn't necessarily say that one is is a weird one for me because uh, of just of everything that has gone on in their lives, uh, and you know we'd love to knock the WWE, but you know they did help them considerably and help him turn his life around. Um, now again, he's not getting used; it's he's hardly on TV. It feels like, but you know there is a, there is a debt of. Uh, you turned my life around, <laughs> you know. Don't go ask him for your release. How, you know, I don't know. That one was kind of weird to me. And again, if it if he didn't ask for his release or they didn't ask for their release, fine. But that one was kind of like, oh, okay, they kind of really helped you out there. Let's <laughs> go. So, um, that doesn't mean that you have to then take a backseat on your career. But you know, there, there, that one was a little bit of a weird one for me. Um, but yeah, this is like you know, it's like every every uh, sports league and every sports team. Uh, kind of goes through that period of the season's over, and then there's the, the you know the free agent signings and the pickups, and you know who who's signing who and who's going where, and and now pro wrestling kind of feels like it has that little element of of sport that you know oh this guy could go to here or, the, or this person could go here or this you know 
that that I like that. I like that element, and it and it and it does feel like it's, you know, it's it's a, a scramble to lock down talent and and get your pawns and get your get your uh, troops ready because it's going to be a little bit of a war. Um, and and again, I've said it before. It's the competition, the competition that that is, uh, and the options for for people to go to work elsewhere in the United States and not just feel that there's really one option. Now, let's be truthful. There really is still just one clear-cut, definitive, money-making option, right? Again, people can go out on their own and do it Young Bucks, Cody style and, and make a name for themselves, but how many people in the history of pro wrestling have done that and have been successful? Not many. You can count them on one hand. So right now, yes, still it's still a WWE game um, when it comes to that 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 making it, and I put in air quotes, big time. Uh, that being said, though, there there are so many options now that seem and could be for certain people better options. If all elite is is what they say it's going to be, that's an exciting option. Ring of Honor waking up from the dead. And saying, "Hey, we got to we we got to compete, and we want to compete. We're signing people again. New Japan always being that option as well. Be, let's be truthful: the, the the second best option right now. So, and a great option for people who you know, are are creative and 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 talented. And um, again, it might not be the best, right? But it it is a a a a solid option for a lot of people where." You know, five years ago, that might not be the case. So, yeah, no, it's exciting. I'm in. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot more as, as the weeks and months to come when, when contracts officially end. Now, speaking of contracts, here's an interesting one. Katsuya Kitamura has extended his contract with New Japan. Now, there were so many rumors flying around. Meltzer's still saying he crushed his leg in a scooter accident, although Kitamura's Instagram posts don't have any hint of a crushed leg. He looks, his legs look fine. I don't know if those are old pictures or what. We've heard rumours of concussion, rumours of him getting himself into trouble with the law. I've no idea what's going on with him, but this does seem to suggest he's going to be back sooner or later. He'll be back, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back before Hiromo, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that one, it's just, it is a, kind of an amazing thing where it's like getting information on that one particular part, him of all people. Like, why is he the secret guy? And that's why people, I think, kind of speculate, oh, well, it's got to be something really weird, you know, for them to, and again, not cover up, but it feels like there's there's not a lot of information, and the information is spread in, in 700 different directions. I mean, legitimately, it's you just rattled off a list of things that we have heard, and none of them have been verified. Scooter accident, okay. Trouble with the law, okay. Concussion, okay. Steroid, uh, you know, like it's uh, you've heard a million different things. It's like, well, okay, why is this so? Like, why can't we get a definitive word? And it feels like nobody has a definitive word. I don't even think people in the company have a definitive word. Um, so, uh, again, it it does lead to being skeptical of what exactly is the truth, and you know, your mind does wander to. Uh, the worst case scenario, because why? Why would it be this? Like, if this were like Okada, 
all right, and they're trying to cover up something. All right, all right, but why are we trying to cover up on this kid? I don't understand it, which makes you want to believe that, oh, it's got to be the worst-case scenario of all of them. Um, so uh, legitimately, I have no fucking idea what to believe. Given that he's 33, so he's not the youngest of the young lines, when he does come back, what can we expect from him? Do you think when he comes back, he will be debuting a main roster gimmick, or do you think he'll be a young line again and be sent out on excursion? Because given his age, I would guess that when he's back, he's back as a full-time member of the roster, out of the black trunks and no knee pads and able to work a a proper gimmick. I don't know if you're, you're going full main event. I think you're going more... At least in the very beginning, I think you're going more Finley Hanare level. That's that's kind of where I see that starting at. At least I don't think he's young lionish anymore, but I don't think you put you drop him in main event, you know, or semi main event areas. I think you're mid card at best at in the beginning, lower mid card more than likely, and then see where you go from there. Because truth be told, I don't think anybody really knows what what, what you got right now with him, right? I think that's going to be the biggest challenge is <clears throat> what, what what do you have with a guy right now coming off of whatever magical injury thing he supposedly had? Like, wh- like what, 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 what product do we have right now and where can we go from there? And I think uh, to start out your, your Hinare, uh David Finley level right now, a lot of tags, a lot of stuff like that, just to see where you are. I would like to see him in a heavyweight tag team that's challenging for the title. I don't know which faction you put him in or who you'd pair him with, but him, you know, as we were discussing earlier, talking about like the violence giants, a strong BJ, a tag team of that ilk, I think would be a lot of fun in New Japan. So I don't know who would be a good partner. I'm thinking, you know, someone like uh, Hiroki Goto or someone like that. Makabe. would be a good way to start. You think yeah. it'd be, yeah. I think he's in there with Mark. Although he seems to be paired up with Yano for the foreseeable future, but someone like that, uh, an experienced hand who would work the majority of the matches and then Kitamura gets the hot tag in, hits his big power moves and wins the match. How about how about Nagata? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, guess they, a... they did have a bit of history together when he was working his best of seven series right. at the beginning of last year. Right, I don't know. I like Nagata. I like. I like. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, look. He's not going to be in a main program, mind you, but I feel like he could still go in a, in a tag scenario. That might be a fun little uh, little program. Them against God, or uh, them against uh, Evil Sonata, or maybe God, or you know, whoever. Uh, yeah, I could get into that. I, I'd like that. Okay, next piece of news was Taka Michinoku, who's stepping down from his role in the Kaintai Dojo and leaving the company, oh. which is a bit of an escalation from what we heard last time, that he would be not taking a salary. But uh, I guess this is linked to the infidelity scandal that was uh, circling around him a few months ago. And that's it. He's he's done so. Yeah. yeah. What is he going to do with all that income that he's missing from Kaintai Dojo? Uh, I don't know. What do you think? What, I mean, I mean... I can't be that much of a, a lucrative position. It's more of a uh, prestige, the prestige of being kind of. Uh, yeah. Look, he's got he's to be able to dedicate full-time Zach Sabre Jr., right? 
Um, and he said he's opened up his uh, schedule to working overseas as well. So maybe we'll be seeing Takamichinoku coming to a town near you. Yeah. Maybe he can get over that fear of flying like I have. Let me let me recommend the Xanax, <laughs> Taka. That seems, that seems to settle the mind a little bit. That and a couple Jack Daniels. And then just the, the undying just hatred of being on the plane and just stick and stick your head in a pillow that's what i do i stick my head in a pillow i just i i squeeze a pillow and and shove it in my face that doesn't sound good okay um (laughs) next next. it's got a bit saucy it did okay next um apparently kushida wanted to turn heel and join the bullet club but gato said no so do you see that as a missed opportunity would I don't you believe like that. to have seen a heel Kushida in Bullet Club? Or, I don't, don't believe, believe it. For, no, I don't believe it for a minute. I really don't. Like, I just, I just find it a re- I don't know. That that just seems ridiculous. Come on. Look, Kushida in Bullet Club? Like, first of all, aside from Hiromo, or, uh, uh, yeah, uh, what, am I, what am I talking about? Aside from Takahashi. You know, it's it's not like the the, the Bullet Club is, uh, you know, well now Ishimori too. Maybe I'll just shut up about that point. Uh, I don't know. It's just a, it, like he, I, I don't know. That just seems to me like you have the ultimate. Be like Ricky Steamboat being a heel, all right? Just like, that doesn't work. How could, I, do you really? Can you really see Kushida as a heel? Like a, not just a heel. But a bullet club heel, not 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 like an Okada heel, a bullet clubish heel. I don't see it. I don't see. I'll tell you that. what I'm imagining is uh, Ishimori's gear and face paint and his snarl, but Kushida. Yeah, can I mean really? You think that works? No, he's too cute. Right, he looks like an otter. No, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't believe that one. Well, I'm, but I'm, but, but I'm sure it was one of those things where it was, right, what do you, what do you want to do? What, and they were just spitballing out ideas, and that might have been one of them. Um, because yeah, I mean, I'm sure he was sitting around thinking, all right, what the fuck am I going to do? I, I, you know, I've done everything I can being this guy. I said it. We said it last week. It's it's a good fit for everybody involved. I don't think that there's anybody on that New Japan roster that I'm happy to see leave. And I'm not happy to see him go. I wish they could have done something with him. But again, he's not going to be a heavyweight. He's just not. And, and and what else are you going to do with the guy? He's done everything he could in New Japan. It's okay. It's okay for him to go because what else are we going to do? Here's an interesting piece of information here. He's got this from Liam from the Discord. Tickets for New Beginning in Osaka sold out one hour after going on sale. Now, for comparison, the Power Struggle show, which was at the same venue, took six hours to set out. So, well, obviously, you got a different card. Uh, we've got an IWGP heavyweight title match at the top with Tanahashi versus Jay White. Is that a surprise to you at all that it sold out so fast? Not, be- not because of the city. Like Osaka apparently is is super hot, you know, and it's and it's been that way for a long time, um, and it's only getting hotter. So, you know, it's selling out quickly. No, that, that really doesn't surprise me. Um, that's I, I tell you what, next year, 
And by the way, Joel, next year is already in discussions. I'm not I'm not pulling this bullshit of uh last minute Lou showing up. This is going to be a planned strategic mission for next year, Wrestle Kingdom. It's already in discussions in the household. So uh, Are you gonna be bringing Mrs. David with you? Uh that's 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 what it looks like. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, double yep. date time. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so there, Osaka was one place that I've never been. I like I've, I've I, no, I, I can't I can't say I've never been to Osaka. I was on the I was on the bullet train to Fukuoka and we stopped in Osaka. <laughs> right, so I was there for maybe ten minutes. Uh, so, yeah, right, so what you're saying is confirmed we're doing Dominion this year, right? Dominion? Uh, no, I won't be there. I won't be there that long. I mean, it'll be Wrestle Kingdom week. It'll be Wrestle Kingdom week. Um, I can't do Dominion. But getting back to the original point of Osaka selling out, nope, doesn't surprise me. And I think we'll see that continue on um, for shows in Osaka this year. Okay, uh, let's dip into some questions then. We've got quite a few questions about the show coming up in Madison Square Garden. So I'll throw a few of them at you and then we can just have a general chat about the show. So Jared says, if you guys are fairly confident about Jay White beating Tanahashi at the new beginning, then what do you expect at MSG? Sean says, would a Tanahashi Jericho non-title headlining MSG make the most sense? And Lone Magician says, what's your feeling on the MSG show? Is it going to be a predominantly NJPW show or will ROH be the dominant presence? And Drew says, predictions for MSG main event. So... A lot of people want to hear our hot takes on MSG. So what are you expecting by way of the New Japan ROH balance and a possible main event? Well, I mean, look, I don't know if it's going to be 50-50. I think the the card will skew a little bit higher in New Japan. But again, you got to figure it, it is, and we, we tend to forget this, that this is a co-branded show. And let's think of logistics, too. You don't have to fly over everybody from New Japan because Ring of Honor talent is already here. <clears throat> and a flight from you know, Chicago to Newark is a little bit better than, say, you know, Tokyo. Um, but I still think it's going to be a he- more heavy... New Japan show, and I think it has to be. I think that's what the expectations are. My fear is is that it's going to feel like a Long Beach show, and it can't do that. It, it, it really can't. Ring of Honor is going to want to have a presence. They have to have a presence. They're going, to, you know. I don't think there's any doubt that there will be. I just want it to be a little bit lower for 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 what I want out of this show. But to go into it thinking this is going to be a New Japan and you're going to feel like you're at the Tokyo Dome, I, I, I have my reservations about that. This will be a co-branded show. Again, maybe not 50-50, but it, again, it is going to be a co-branded show, which means we are going to get a – and again, I'm just throwing names out. I'm not saying one's better than the other, but maybe I am. But you are going to get Jay Lethal on this fucking show, and you are going to get Dalton Castle on the show, and you are going to get, uh, you know, the Kingdom on this show, 
And you are going to get the Briscoes on this show. That's that's going to happen. And that they're going to take up spots. Now, that's not to say that these matches are going to be bad. It may not necessarily be what we want. I think the majority of the people in that audience would rather see a Young Lions six-man tag than, you know, and again, I'm just throwing names out, not than, you know, a kingdom match, right? I, 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 I think that's true. They want an authentic New Japan Pro Wrestling experience in Madison Square Garden. And, I, and again, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells, but I'm going to say it anyway. Not a Ring of Honor show. That's my true gut feeling and, and the feedback that I feel like I've gotten. Um, so I'm going to go 60-40, feeling like a New Japan show. Uh, main event, I'm going to be truthful. I have no fucking idea. Uh, I do think Jay White wins the title. So I think that that'll be the, the, the title defense. And I think it's a very good possibility that it's uh, either a rematch with Tanahashi or... Uh, I mean, you could throw in... I don't think it'll be Jericho. I don't think Jericho headlines it. Um, but I think Jericho will be... I think Jericho will be on a match, but I don't think he headlines for the IWGP Heavyweight title. I don't think. You'd have to expect you'd get an IWGP Heavyweight title match on that show. Yeah. And given that there's no Sakura Genesis announced, again, a lot of people are putting two and two together and thinking that the winner of the New Japan Cup will get their title shot at MSG. Uh, so, keeping that in mind, does that change your thoughts on it at all? I mean, some people have suggested maybe we get Okada versus Tanahashi as the main event for the title. Maybe Okada wins the New Japan Cup. Could you see something like that happening? Sure. I mean, would you? Would you I mean, I don't think anybody would have a problem with uh, Okada winning New Japan Cup and then challenging Jay White, right? I mean, then that helps continue on a a storyline and and a feud. Uh, into Madison Square Garden, that, that you know, so that that would be a nice logical step, and I don't think anybody would would be disappointed with that match announced at all. I think that'd be a great match. Okay, so moving across the pond, then a lot of people have asked questions about the UK show. Ben says, any thoughts for the UK show main event? Matt says, what level of show would you expect in London in August? Obviously, we're not getting something huge just after the G1. But I'd be interested to see what you would expect. I'd expect mostly multi-man tags with maybe a Golden Lovers versus a Cardin Ishii type main event. Not that exact match, but a big tag match. And Jack says, do you think August 31st London show will again essentially be a Rev Pro event featuring NJPW? Or will New Japan genuinely give the UK a full-on New Japan style show? I would expect more of the sort of Rev Pro style. But Me too. I think you could get one or maybe two of... Uh, an Osprey never title defense if he's still champion and a Zack Sabre Jr. Rev Pro title defense again if he's still champion. I think a double header title matches with those two boys I think would do very well. Yeah, and here's the thing. Rev Pro has done an outstanding job using the talent that's available to them from New Japan. So even if there was a little hodgepodge and a little mix uh, between the two, I don't think anybody's going to complain that hard because... Um, the Rev Pro shows usually deliver, and they have sexier sounding shows than than Ring of Honor. I mean, you know, when when we had Kevin Kelly on, he kind of echoed those same thoughts. Um, so people in the states, you know, that's why we're a little hesitant 
with this Madison Square Garden show in the sense of uh, because we know what we've gotten before. We're we're the ones that got the you know Tanahashi and the Briscoes against uh, you know Jay Lethal, Ghetto and Nakamura. You know what I mean? Like like that's that's the shit that we would be getting. We wouldn't be getting Nagata versus you know. Uh, Ishii or Ishii versus Suzuki or you know we don't I don't think I've ever had you know when it was a co-branded show those war of the world shows correct me if I'm wrong but there's always been some fucking wacky element of you know a triple threat match you know you had Elgin uh, Okada and uh, what do we have was it AJ um we had you know, Kevin Owens against Nakamura. It was never we. You never got one on one, two New Japan guys in the same ring. You didn't get it. And I remember the one year in Las Vegas they were going to have. I think it was Ishii and Goto, and then that got fucked over. Like we never got that singles New Japan match in all the all, all those shows that I went to. Never. That's that's what we were clamoring for. Uh, so again, I hope this Madison Square Garden show is gives you a little bit more of an authentic New Japan feel with Ring of Honor people sprinkled in. I don't want these multi man tag matches that that we got got you know shoehorned on these shows, so nobody had to really do a job and you know and and, and you know you know what I'm talking about. I don't think it seems unlikely that we get like a full IWGP heavyweight title defense at the London show, right? Um, I can't say no, but it's right after G1. I'd say it's unlikely. I can't say 100% no. I, I'd probably say it's unlikely. We, I, but here's the thing. I, an intercontinental title, uh, a never uh, title, um, you'll probably get – well, you're definitely getting a British title, that's for sure. Your, your Rev Pro title. Um, but I think a lower title defense is probably what, what the likelihood of what you'll see. All right, let's dip into the Discord questions then. Dan says, considering Izuka used to be a solid, if uncharismatic wrestler before he quote-unquote went crazy, what do you think the odds are and how awesome would it be for if his retirement match, he sees the light, so to speak, and rolls back the years to put on a December 2017 Nagata-Nakanishi-level clinic? Bonus points if you turn on Suzuki-Gun in the process. Personally, I doubt it would happen, but the thought makes me smile. You'd have to think, Damon, that we see a bit more than just Izuka on the leash, rampaging through the crowd, biting people... You think we get more than that in his retirement match, surely? Yeah. I mean, we talked about it last week, how great it would be. Is just after the match, he just breaks character, and he's just this normal human de- being. And, you know, he's somehow snapped out of his, uh, you know, the, the mental issues that have brought him to where he is now. Uh, yeah, I would like that. I, I, I would. I think, the, I think, and I think the crowd would like that, too. Uh, him just, just not being crazy guy. Uh, and and going in there and having and again I want to say a technical masterpiece but I don't know showing uh, going back to the future if you will and showing uh, some of the skills that he had in his youth I don't know if physically he could do that we'll see but yeah I think uh, I think one night of not being crazy guy would be uh, might be a pleasant surprise might be a fun night 
So uh, listen, we could break. We could do goofy things for Fantastic Mania. Maybe this is his Fantastic Mania character moment. <laughs> just normal level. He comes in in a suit. He just he's all he's all cleaned up. That'd be funny. I would like that. Do you think he gets on the mic afterwards and does a little thank you speech? Yeah, I do. I hope so. I I think it's a I think it's one of those moments where where you can do that, you know, where where a person can kind of show his appreciation. The guy's had a long career. He's what is he? He's you know in his in his mid fifties. Is he? Um, had a long career. Yeah, he, he probably deserves, uh, you know, a little mic time, and I th- and I think he'll get it, and I and I think he'll he'll deliver in a uh, non crazy guy kind of way. TJ says, if you had to make a match of the year list today, how many matches from NJPW would make your top ten? What does that say about Wrestle Kingdom New Japan, and what does that say about Japanese wrestling as a whole? Side note: Watch Ashino T Hawk from Wrestle One when it makes tape feel like it's going to be a banger. Now, you were there live for that match, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Was it a banger? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it probably is in my top 10 so far this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you got to put in Tanahashi Omega. Uh, you got to put in... You put, you're you putting in Osprey and Ibushi? Do you want to do... Uh, I've got my list here, actually. Okay. I'm keeping on top of it. So each time I see a match that I think breaches the top 10, I'm updating it. So I don't know if you want to go first or you want me well, to... Well, I'm just going off the top of my list. head. I, I ain't got no list. So, uh, But I, I would put Ibushi and Osprey in there. I would put Tanahashi Omega in there. Uh, I would put uh, Kai and uh, Miyahara in there. Right? I thought that was really good. Uh, what else am I putting in there? Trying to think of all the shows that I went to. No, what main event was pretty good? Was it Kino and um, I forget? That was a pretty good. Yeah, I think I'm gonna jump in. Good, yeah, yeah. I think it off the top. So, of my head. Uh, number one, I got Omega versus Tanahashi. I rewatched that last week, and it was even better than yeah. seeing it live. I just think just a masterpiece of pro wrestling. And I don't really think it's been getting the praise that it deserves. I thought it was really outstanding stuff. And it'll be interesting to see whether it holds up as the year goes on, if it's still in the conversation by the time uh, we get to the end of 2019. Number two, Jericho versus Naito. Number three, Okada versus Jay White. Number four, Ibushi Osprey. Number five, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ishii. So top five, all, all the Wrestle Kingdom matches. Obviously, being a New Japan fan and being there live means I'm predisposed towards liking those ones. Number six, I got Masaya Takahashi versus Takumi Tsukamoto, which was a death match. So I don't know. I guess I'm a death match guy now, don't yeah, I? Know. Uh, n- number seven, I got Shun Skywalker versus Kaito Ishida from Dragon Gate which was a really good match. Uh, it was the final of, I can't remember the name, but they had a little tournament going on for um, younger wrestlers or something. Uh, eight, I've got Kai versus Kento Miyahara. Nine, Daisuke Sekimoto versus Kohei Sato from New Year's Day. And 10, Kaito Kiyomiya versus Keno, the Noah title match. Yeah. Other stuff, honorable mention, the Daisuke Sekimoto versus Ryota Hammer match. I thought that was really good. Did you? Shinjiro Otani versus Yuji Hino. You didn't like it? Um, I was there for that. Um, it was okay. I mean... Look, you're you're somewhat limited in what you can do with that that big dude um, who can barely move. Let's be truthful. Uh, 
Yeah, it was. I I don't. I was. I don't think I was in fours. I don't. I I don't think that for me that match wasn't even in the fours. Um, nah, it was okay. It was fine. But I, nah, I'm not. I I, I didn't go. For, I didn't go four for that. I really like the strong BJ versus Violence Giants match I watched today. There was a good tag match from NXT UK actually. Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews against Fabian Eichner and whatever Axel Dieter Jr. is calling himself these days. Uh, from the NXT TakeOver, the, the opening match was good between um, Mustache Mountain and Zach Gibson and James Drake. Yep, yep. The okay. New Year Dash 6 man was really good. The the I forget who's on the teams now. It was Osprey, Ishii and Goto against Jeff Cobb, Kushida and Nagata. Yeah, that's I need good. to rewatch that. And the Rey Mysterio versus uh, Andrade, as he's now being called. He's lost his surname on SmackDown was decent, but again, it's not breaking the top 10. Okay. It's a good list. Solid list. Um, yeah, I guess the only one that I would have trouble with is is the Sakamoto... Uh, um, um, match. That, that, I'm having, like... I'm getting texts. It's not in my <laughs> like, top 10. It's no, not it's in not my, my top, top 10. No, you won't correct that. Okay, uh, uh, next question. Cairo D... Oh, you got more? Oh, no, no, no. no. Okay. Okay, Cairo D says, thoughts on the Hatsu Basho so far? So it's a sumo question, Damon, so you can uh, take it easy for this one. Ksenos Sato's retirement, Ozeki's all performing poorly, the weird results overall. And Nicole says, we're not getting a retrospective on the career of Ksenos Sato and how tight she thought he was a good Yokozuna. So, yeah, a, a sad time to see the only Japanese Yokozuna retiring and going out with a real whimper. I think he lost his last seven matches or something like that so I don't think he looked fully healthy and I guess that's just the nature of the beast with sumo given the way the ranking system works if you have got an injury if you sit on the sidelines and wait to fully recover then your ranking suffers as a result and I think the chickens are coming home to roost with that one particularly with this basho because you're seeing guys like Kisena Sato pulling out Kakoyu, uh, Tochinoshin, uh, Mitake Umi's had to pull out now uh, Takayasu looks out. I think there's quite a few guys who are carrying pretty nasty looking injuries, but they're just trying to power through it. So I guess, you know, this is what happens when you, you have sumo, you have people just trying to tough it out. And it did look like it was going to be an interesting basho up to a point, but now I think Hakuho is like 8-0 and or something. So it, he looked a bit shaky at the start, but now he seems to be getting into the swing of things and it seems he's just going to romp his way to victory again. Uh, I was enjoying seeing some of the other guys like Aoyama, Kaisei, um, Takakesho still doing pretty well. So I don't think anyone in that uh, list is going to be challenging Hakuho. I think Hakuho is going to run away with it again, but interesting to see what happens going forward, especially the Ozeki all looking pretty bad. I'm more interested in seeing which guys are going to get promoted, who's going to be making the next Ozeki run. So those are my thoughts on the Basho so far. And Damon, presumably you've got nothing to add to that? No, I'm just watching Riley Reed videos. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I like her. She's fun. She seems like a fun girl. Um, no. Uh, Next question? Uh, yeah, let's move on. Uh, John says, where do you think Hinare's ceiling is? It seems very personable and a good babyface type character. Uh, mid-card, upper-mid or higher? Uh, do you think Juice and Finley spending more time in ROH opens things up for him? So Here... Yeah, Here's that's an interesting where... one because Hinari, he's just like just, just above the Young Lions. Yeah. But 
I think when we talked a few weeks ago that he had the most the the most negative pinfall deferential in the company or something like that. So yeah, he's had a year now under his non young line gimmick, but can't really say in terms of his booking that he's made much progress. His wrestling has got better. He had a brilliant match with Ishii. I think he's definitely ready to take the next step. But what do you think going forward? What's his ceiling? Not high. And and here's why. It's not the wrestling. I, I don't think it is, right? I feel like it's, to me, I feel like it's it's the gimmick. I feel like it's... It, 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 there's there's a ceiling to that to to what 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 he brings right now to the table like if you gave him something else whatever that might look like i have no idea but to me right now his current feeling and his current presence in the ring screams to me mid carter at best right he we talk about a fresh coat of paint and 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 a new gimmick and all the time for like a David Finley. And he seems like he's somebody that has grown into kind of what he is. There's a ceiling for, for, for Hanare in his current role. And the only way he's going to break out of that is to find something new. And, and I hate to say it, but like that stereotypical, uh, like, like, Honestly, if you were going to say, okay, think of in your mind's eye what a a tough New Zealander would look like. Like the first thing that people in their mind pops into their head is, oh, a rugby guy or uh, – Jonah you know, Lomu. Yeah, well, what's that? Jonah Lomu, you know, the, the famous rugby player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, or, you know, like like we, we know nothing about rugby, but we know like the All Blacks, is it? The All Blacks is it the, 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 the team? Um, like I just, I just think, and and that and the and that hype dance that they do, you know, the 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 traditional Haka. dance, yeah. So I don't know. I just think that's somewhat limiting to 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 him. Like, I just you just need something else. There's only so far you can go with it. So my point being is, I don't think it's in ring stuff that's the problem. I just think he just needs he is in dire need of a fresh coat of paint and something that people can sink their teeth into instead of ah a mid carder guy who does the rugby dance. Realistically, when do you think he would get in the G1, if at all? Not this year. I, I mean, seriously, I, I, you, you look at the names that they might get rid of, right? Or I don't want to say get rid of, but you know, the, that might not do G1 this year that did previous years, right? Um, I don't think you see any of the dads, right? I think the dads have have you know the, you're not, you're not going to see. Uh, we already know that you know Nagata was kind of assume this was going to be his last one. Tenzan's not in it. Um do you think Kojima gets his goodbye run? That that's that would be the only one, right? That would be the last of them. Um you figure Osprey's gotta be in it this year, right? Um Taichi. You figure Tai Chi, right? You think that of anyone who breaks the mold uh and breaks it on through to the other side as as Jim would sing, uh would be him. Right? So that's going to that's going to be tough for a, a guy like Hanari to get to 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 get his shoe in there. I don't think he does. I don't think he's in. 
Okay, next question then. Uh, the shirt guy says, what are your guys' favourite calendar years for NJPW? Mine was 2016, AJ versus Nakamura, Rise of Omega and Naito, amongst other reasons. Uh, given that I've only been watching for two, four years, I don't really have much to choose from. Um, I guess last year, I thought, was great overall. I think the match quality, maybe just a touch above what we got in 2017, but it's hard to pick between those two, but... Uh, David, what about yourself? Do you have a favorite calendar year? Recently, 17. I think last year. I think this this, this whole run, uh, four years, maybe even five years. I'd say till from about 14 on, you know, we've been in, in this renaissance period for New Japan. Um, before that, you know, your, nine, your 93s, 94s, 95s, your Mudas, your Hashimoto's, your Chono's, your, you know, the juniors were 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 always delivering great stuff. Um, so that big boom period was great. Again, I like the early 80s stuff. Hogan, Anoki, Choshu, um, Fujinami. That that kind of era is is always has a soft spot for me. Um, 2000s, nine, like late 90s, uh, when you start talking about like uh, Don Fry and the NWO and Muda and Chono and all that stuff that was that was okay that was that was good um yeah i i would probably say those are the eras that i really probably would gravitate more toward than any others we just touched upon this a little bit. Liam says, let's say the Fantastic Amania Tour is the only time we get to see a Kojima singles match this year. How bad are you about this? Do you think we're going to be seeing much of Satoshi Kojima in singles action this year? No, I really don't. Um, if 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 he's gearing up for a last G1, that's that's where you that's really the possibility. I don't think I don't think you see him singles matches much at all. You know what? I'd be I'd be interested to track that to see how many singles matches he has in in 2019. I think I think the only time the only real possibility is G1. I saw him in a big match recently. I don't know if you saw this Damien. I think this is a documentary on Japanese TV where this lady won a competition to take part she got to enter the New Japan Dojo and do some training and then took part in a tag match which was her and Yuji Nagata versus Tanahashi and Kojima. So the the prize was that she was she got pinned by Tanahashi because she was a massive fan of Tanahashi. And it was so strange. I, I've got to send you the link to this and get your thoughts on it next week because like when they lock up in the match, Tanahashi and this woman, he he's just sort of like lingering and kind of not caressing her, but just sort of long enough and intimate enough for it to be sort of quite awkward and I uncomfortable to watch. You saw I, it. Yes, I did. What did you think? So here's how I saw it. I saw it, um, again, I'm not on the Twitter a lot, but I, I saw uh, Lariato uh, had it. And he and then and then I saw that you sent it out. So um, I watched the entire thing. I watched the entire show. So this camera crew f- takes like all of her – uh, she's you know she's she's a fan. She has a lot of uh, you know the towels and, the, and and pictures and stuff. They, uh, for whatever reason, they took all that stuff away uh, from her, and then they took her to the dojo and they had her take a couple bumps and shit like that. And then uh, they had her come out, dropped and, her on the head a few times. <laughs> yeah, right. Dropped her. Right. They didn't do that. Right. They had made her do like a thousand Hindu squats. It was it was really horrible, <laughs> torturous. Um, 
And then they had her come out. I guess they had like her friends and family that were in this. Uh, it looked like it was Shinjuku face where where they filmed it. Um, I could be wrong, but it looked like it. Um, and then you know they had this tag. Yeah, and Tanahashi would like lock up with her and then just kind of lean against her and hold her, and you could just see, you know, her just melt. Like like I like this woman just melted. And then they would lock up again and, and, uh, you know, like little, you know, arm bar things. And, and Tanahashi would, you know, bring her to the ropes. And, you know, she's trying to play pro. She, I think she did a, a decent job, you know, uh, you know, for, for, you know, first time being in there and being in there with all the, the, the heavy hitters. And yeah, Tanahashi, I guess it was just kind of like a roll up thing and laid on top of her and they zoomed in on her face. Oh boy. What, what a, well, what a happy girl this was. She was just like, I mean, she just melts, melts into the canvas. Um, I thought it was adorable. I loved it. I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was well done. And uh, they, they had fun with it. And she got to, uh, she got to re- be real close to Hiroshi Tanahashi. And I think, uh, I think uh, all the dreams came true that one day. That's for sure. Okay, uh, next question. So, Masked Horse whips himself with a crop. Despy, Dragon Lee, and Hiromu are in a love triangle. Junior Taichi would give people the sexy pin following a last ride. Hiromu's D finisher. Kushida makes a small version of himself explode. Osprey screaming at the slightest touch. Taguchi doing a video in The Pool. You know the one. Consider how Tamatonga calls Taiji a specimen. Bushi and Kanemaru's obsession with spitting on people. Marty getting all up in that mask play with the Plague Doctor gear. Is the New Japan Junior Division the horniest wrestling division ever? <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, there's a lot of... Uh, we're taking a lot of stuff out of context here. But yes, uh, there is some uh, sexual innuendo and uh, some horseplay, if you will. Uh, I want to see a montage. Someone should do like a video edit with all of those things put together. Yeah, seriously. With, like some sort of sexy saxophone music in the background. Or I know. Pants, as, uh, pants would be down, if you, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, taking it all out of context. Uh, but here's the thing. I think, um, and I'm losing my voice for some reason. I don't know what it is to say. Um, the, uh, if you take pro wrestling out of context, I'm sure that you could go through every and any promotion uh, some harder than others, but uh, pardon the pun. The you'll you'll find um, a lot of uh, you know sexual innuendo in and around the entirety of pro wrestling. So uh, uh, yeah, that, that valid valid points. Uh, again, taken out of context, but I'm sure if we saw a video montage, uh, we might get a uh, our our rating on this podcast might might have to be a mature audience uh, for sure. I'm imagining like uh, the Val Venus music, best of the super juniors, like something like that. It's pretty good, Andrew Rich. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think Andrew Rich is just, that's an that's an Andrew Rich wheelhouse. Okay, Marky Versace says if you could pick one Japanese wrestler from any era and any company and put them into the present era NJPW, who would it be and why? Seeing Kenny and Kobashi at Tokyo Sports made me think about an Ishii and Kobashi host match, and my pants are fully down. We did kind of do this question a couple of weeks ago, but I think you said Stan Hansen. So now the caveat is it's got to be a Japanese wrestler. So any company, any era, I still stand by my pick of Kobashi. What about you, Damon? I think Kejimoto. Uh... I I I think he cuz here's the thing in the 90s he was very 
felt to me very much like uh, even though he was you know under the Anoki wing, he felt very Americanized in his style and 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 what he brought to the table. Like of all of them, between Chono and Hashimoto and Muda, felt like like he was more American influenced, which reminds me a lot of Tanahashi. Uh, so if I'm taking one Japanese guy in his prime, solid knees, might be him. I would go. I would go that route. Um, if it had to be from another promotion, Kabashi might be a good pick. You can't go wrong there. How can you go wrong there? I guess, you know, you could go back and look at the Wrestle Kingdom 3 main event, Tanahashi versus Keiji Muto, but Muto's sort of too far gone by that point. He shot, yeah. It, yeah, it was, it was kind of a carry job by Tanahashi. I mean, Muto played his part, but prime Keiji Muto versus prime Tanahashi, that would be... A match for the ages. Yeah, like that. Like one of my favorite matches is was a match that you mentioned before, the Nobuhiko Takata match, um, where you know he's Muda's kind of protecting pro wrestling, um, and the and you know the pride of pro wrestling. And again, that was a big Inoki theme of 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 using pro wrestling to be the the the, the top fighting uh, sport when it came to. M- martial arts and mixed martial arts and, and you know the fighting style of pro wrestling uh, being number one and that's really what brought the fans to the dome was was that idea of protecting pro wrestling and listen it didn't hurt that you know takata had the 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 new japan background and he left to go on to do his pseudo shoot fighting um I mean that helped, and and MMA being right on, right starting to be looked at as serious threat to um, pro wrestling fandom, and and the explosion of MMA in Japan. You know that was brought on by really UWF. So. Yeah, I mean that. I, I would, I would say Muda would be my my number one pick if I could bring a Japanese guy back uh, in his prime to modern day New Japan. Leon Shade says, if the stars align and the OWE All Elite Wrestling relationship eventually lead to strong hearts in New Japan, who would be your dream opponent for Sima? Do you think that New Japan would treat him as a heavyweight, or would he be seen as a junior? I don't see that being mixed matched. Like you, like I don't see. And I think that's a, a bone to pick that, and I don't know for sure, but I think New Japan has a small problem with that. And I think that, you know, I don't, I, listen, if, if to me, he would have been picked up by New Japan if there was interest in, in New Japan having him. Um, so I, I don't see a lot of cross-pollination going on. And, I, and here's the thing, we don't even know what the fuck's going on with the relationship with All Japan and, and, and All Elite. Or all Japan, New Japan, and all elite. So I, I, I don't know if there's. I think a this was kind of like a, a fantasy booking question. Uh, I I mean, the correct answer is Shingo and Sima just well, yeah, you know, I mean, having a grudge it. match and beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. Who knows what what that relationship is going to look like? Um, which again, I think is very weird considering the people that are involved. But um, yeah, I, I, I got to give you a shoulder shrug. I don't know. 
but yeah, the dream match, yeah, that would be the logical scenario. South Dakota Ibushi, follow up to the Naito receding hairline question. The natural way to solve that, if it becomes problematic, is a hair versus hair match. Who would you have face off with Naito, other than Jay White, who, of course, is the answer to every question. So imagine the scenario, Naito's receding hairline is just getting out of control. Who do you pick as his opponent for the hair versus hair match? Chris Jericho, right? I mean, I mean, we're, if we're talking uh, receding hairlines. The yeah. rubber match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean... There, there's a guy that that that's uh, getting every last inch out of the uh, the ponytail, <laughs> you know, pull back, you know, let it grow long and cover up the spots that need to be covered up. Um, yeah, I, w- I would say Jericho would be uh, would be the the natural pick for me. Pumpkin Bully says, "What are the chances we get a never title defense at the U.S. New Beginning show?" And who do you see as a potential first challenger for Osprey, either here or at another show? That's another thing, Joel. What's going on with these new 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 beginning shows? We got one. They're, 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 this, isn't it like this week? Uh, let me check. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that a problem? <clears throat> like it's it's like we've heard nothing. It, it's like the 29th, 28th, and 29th of this month, right? Guess what? It's the twenty first. Okay, so. We have got some Road to the New Beginning shows starting this Saturday. Yeah. Um, in Saitama, we got Monday in Krakowin Hall, Tuesday Krakowin Hall, Wednesday in Miyagi, and then, yeah, New Beginning USA. Uh, that'll be next Wednesday, January yeah. 30th. Yeah, which is right around the corner. Friday and Saturday, so <laughs> nothing nothing announced yet. Yeah, I mean, we don't know Dick all. That That is one thing that, I mean, again, <clears throat> a lot of these tickets are already sold, and they're sold on the name alone. Right, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I'm going or not. Or not to this. Sh- I mean, I haven't really heard. Somebody got me a ticket. Um, Estevan, that Estevan guy got me a ticket. Um, but but I haven't heard anything since the trip. So um, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's still on or not. I, I I might have to text him and be like, oh, is this still happening? And then if it is, I could be like, all right, how the fuck am I going to get there? Because <laughs> I haven't figured that out yet. Um, uh, yeah, but we don't hear shit. You don't hear, you haven't heard anything about it. So could you, yeah, you possibly could, but you know, who knows? Nobody, nobody seems to know a lineup uh, as of right now for any of these shows that uh, have done pretty well ticket wise, but still it'd be nice to know a lineup uh, a week out from the show. Uh, in terms of a possible opponent, I don't know. You'd have to think uh, well, probably another foreigner challenging for the never open weight maybe an roh guy yeah maybe a i don't know we'll have to it's going to be thrown together and see who's working the japan shows is this going to be a trent is this going to be a uh a trent challenge no a uh, trent's challenging uh juice for the u.s title oh, right, right, or you right. you would expect that right again the matches i would expect would be jeff cobb against Goto, right and something with Chucky T, maybe yeah. uh, David we, Finley, you know those guys. But we get we get that we get that Ishi Nagata match. Yes, yeah, I think so because there's no sign of them on those Japanese New Beginning shows. Yeah, yeah. So whoever is not on those Japanese New Beginning shows, I think you'll have. Uh, I think it's a, a safe bet that they're being saved, quote unquote, for these American New Beginning shows, but. 
and and a lot of it is is a speculation that we've already had. But anything over and above that, God fucking knows. I think we'll have a hodgepodge. I think, unfortunately, you'll have, you know, (laughs) your. I don't want to say Ring of Honor talent, but you'll have stuff like that filling out the undercard for sure. I think Rocky Romero. You'll see, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe one of the new signees. Is it too early for you know Bandido to be making an appearance? Or? You know, you never know. I maybe uh, again, maybe you see some uh, California Dojo guys. Um, on a, on oh, a, definitely, on a, definitely right? going to see them. Yeah, so it'll fill out. But again, you're not. I don't think this is going to be. Uh, you know, you're not going to get a heavyweight title defense. Sorry, guys. Okay, uh, Mix or Plick says, Dear Joel and Damon, after Osprey versus Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom, I'm very worried about the future of the Never Openweight title, and to some extent, Will Osprey. I realise I'm in the minority to say the least, but I really didn't like this match. I felt like it wasn't what had been advertised with the various tag confrontations between the two at all, uh, what I expected or wanted from an Osprey versus Ibushi match. It certainly was not the showcase I expected for the new age of the Never Openweight title. I know I've built this all up in my head a bit. Now I'm worried Osprey might not even defend against any juniors. Thoughts, impressions, insights. I don't think I included an actual question. Uh, yeah, I think you're out on an island on that, mix or Plicks, I'm afraid. I thought the match was great. Most people I know thought the match was great i don't know what you had in mind by uh you know this uh, showcase of the uh new age of the never open weight title but to me it's just a way to transition osprey to a heavyweight i'm not sure i would i'm skeptical whether he would defend that title against any juniors i think it's going to be heavyweight all the way for will what do you think damon yeah i, I like the match a lot um again it was the opening match but I still thought they gave him time. Uh, I mean, they didn't give him 20, 30 minutes, mind you. But um, I think they, they got in everything that they could get in. Um, I certainly wasn't disappointed with it. Um, like, I, it w- wasn't like I was like, oh, they didn't do five. Fuck this shit. You know? <laughs> it, 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 it was, I thought it was solid. Um, no, I'm actually more excited than ever about the Never. Um, and I think that when you get singles title defenses for the Never on on – uh, those I don't want to say those B shows that where where you're expecting the never title to headline. Uh, I think it'll deliver, and it. Ha- I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm confident that that it'll deliver. Yeah, I don't know what else. Uh, I don't know what what else. Uh, that that this person was looking for, um, but stick with it. I think you'll be happy with it. Um, maybe it was something where you kind of got it worked up in your head a little bit more than than what it what it. Was and that's that's fair. I mean, that we all do that, but um, no, I, I'm I'm excited by the possibilities of what Osprey can do with that never title. All right, Kevin has included a fuck Mary kill question, which I'm chickening out of. I'm not reading that, but he's proposed a weekly segment for Damon called Pants Up, Pants Down. So I'll read out a few things to you, and Damon, you say Pants Up or Pants Down. Number I one, do Yoshi Hashi Yoshi Hashi Tai feud. Pants down. To Carson Wentz's back. <laughs> um, pants up. Pants up. Backs are fucked. He's, he's the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he was the franchise. Like, like literally, he is like, the, the, everything depends upon him playing well. And he's getting a, he's becoming a little bit of an injury-prone guy, kind of guy. And now it's his back. Uh, he had a, a fracture in his back. Uh, second year in a row for injuries. Um so I'm going to go pants up on Carson Wentz's back. 
Number three, Lance Archer, sp- <laughs> Lance Archer spitting strong zero on the crowd. Strong zero. I, I might be first in line. I might be. I might be elbowing people. Would you to... have your mouth out, yep. mouth open? Yep. Get me, Lance. Get me. <laughs> I tell you what. Don't spit it. Spit it right in my mouth. Let's just make out. I'll just be like, come on. Uh, <laughs> get it all in there. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to miss a drop. Um, pants. Strong zero. Pants down. Pants down. Uh, last one. David Finley's physique. Um pants up sorry i mean this is me talking too but pants up <laughs> all right so any other listeners if you want to keep uh pants up pants down segment go and send us some suggestions for next week all right let's dip into twitter then michael says with jay white taking omega's place on the njpw world cover page with big three of naito okada tanahashi do you personally think he's ready for this position? And I'm putting it together with another Jay White question. If Omega doesn't sign with NJPW, do you see them putting a major title on Jay White faster, perhaps to form a redemption angle for Okada or Tanahashi by getting the title off him at Wrestle Kingdom next year? Look, I, I, again, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, you know, I don't think we're out on an island here, and I don't think this is a stretch that they're going all in on Jay White. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's. To me, I think it's it's. I don't, again, I don't want to bet the house, but I think Joel and myself are both saying that there's going to be a title change come new beginning. So, not many people hold that title, and there's a lot of people who say, "Well, why don't you give this guy a run? Why don't you? you this guy's getting a run, and it's sooner than later." Um, is it because of uh, Omega? Maybe, maybe. I mean, I think that kind of helped speed up things a little bit. Um, I think they're kind of protecting the house, so to speak, and 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 making sure Jay White is front and center and prominent in 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 the direction of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, yeah, I, I, to answer both those questions, yeah, I think it's it's telling that you, you know that it's this quick. And yes, I think it's happening. I think it's 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 smack dab right in front of us. Someone made the point. I can't remember who it was. It might have been John Carroll. I think they said that they think Tanahashi will go into MSG as the champion because of all his years of loyal service that it's like a little reward for him to be able to go into that MSG show as IWGP heavyweight nah. champion, which is a, a decent theory. It did give me pause for thought. So... Yeah, I'm still leaning towards Jay White winning the title, but there's enough doubt in my mind to make it a very, very exciting show, that new beginning in Osaka show. I'll I'll say this about loyalty. Loyalty is, I'm going to give you the house mic after your retirement show, and you can say what the fuck you want to say. That's loyalty. Loyalty is not changing your booking decisions or booking structure or or direction of a company on and let's be honest here a very major and important US show in the biggest building that the United States has uh when it comes to name recognition um for loyalty that's that's not a loyalty thing that that that, that is something you have to do with for business so um i would i would i would say even though loyalty can can determine a lot of factors in what uh, happens in your career. Maybe not losing to a certain person. Maybe, I don't, I don't know if you make a booking decision around loyalty. 
Speaking of loyalty, RBX2000 says, chances of Kenny Omega swerving everyone and signing with the Ibushi Research Institute. Six star matches and three-sided rings for life. Yep. Let me ask you this. How sick and tired of you with this nonsense with, with Kenny Omega? Like, just enough is enough. Just fucking make a decision and be done with it. And as much as I love the five-star matches and the in-ring stuff, it's just like, ah, uh, what? Just, just I don't, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I'm so over it right now. Like, it, like he's like, to me, it's just so dramatic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just fucking sign. Ugh, do something. I don't care what you do, just do it's something. It's like the sort of person who goes on Facebook and posts like a sort of cryptic message and yeah. everyone messages go, you okay, hon? You okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. You know, people can, can uh, uh, you know, some people might turn your back, but I know who my true friends are. Okay, there you uh, or, or, you know, they're posting, oh, I think we're going to take a break from Facebook now because, yeah, okay, great, thanks. Just do it. Ugh. So dramatic. Okay, this thought occurred to me earlier that would you say that Kenny Omega has not exhausted but more or less run the gamut of main event level feuds and programs as far as New Japan goes? Because he's had multiple matches with Okada. He's had a couple of big matches with Tanahashi. He's had lots of big matches with Naito. Other people, other top names in New Japan he's had main event matches with. Do you think at this point he's kind of running out of things to do in the New Japan main event scene? No. I, I mean, especially when you consider the, the other people that are on top. I mean, has Okada kind of run through everybody? Has Tanahashi run through everybody? I think they can make stars and they can develop things. I think we have plenty more that you could do with uh, Jay White. There's plenty more that you could do with Ibushi. You know, there's still that that whole... Uh, story arc that everybody was kind of expecting. Um, I think there's still plenty that you could do with Naito. I think there's plenty you could do with uh, a whole slew of people. I mean, no, I mean, I, Christ, you haven't even seen Will Ospreay yet. Uh, no, I think there's there, there's you could get at least you know fresh stuff, new stuff, and even kind of go back to stuff to 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 spark a fire. Nah, I think there's, he's a talented dude. There's no doubt about it. He's one of the best in the world to in my eyes. Um, again, it's just this this drama that's just, ugh, I'm just, I'm just so over it. Fucking over it. Okay, uh, well, what do you think of this one then? Uh, Tim says, since AEW is starting up in May, what do you think of Kenny making a one or two match deal for WrestleMania weekend? I've read a few people bring this up and it does seem like an option and can have his long-awaited match with AJ. I don't think WWE would do it. Um, what uh, what interest? What like why would WWE do that at that point? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't see that happening. That's just not the way that they do business. They could change that, but I just don't see that. And and truth be told, I don't really have any interest in that. Uh, Matthew says, if Kenny does stay with New Japan, with the rest of the elite away, where do you think he stands in terms of factions? Lone Wolf or maybe staying his own with Ibushi? I know Damon hates the faction questions, so sorry about that. So, you, <laughs> just Based on the trajectory of this conversation over the last few minutes, maybe we'll just hand wave that one. All right. I, I look at, I, again, I think he it, it's it's uh, he's an elite guy, and I don't think he 
joins any other factions that's early Ahmed says who do you think NJPW will be signing this year everyone's looking at AEW but NJPW might have a few surprises up their sleeves also music Damon is missed oh alright uh, I like music Damon music Damon's fun uh, maybe we can bring him back someday uh, what was the question <laughs> sorry uh, new signings for oh, New yeah. Japan this Didn't year. Didn't we talk about you, that last week? I mean, I know. I, again, I uh, the only thing I do know is that they, they they're going to be ing- aggressive in 2019, and what that looks like, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure that they're they're focused on WWE guys that are dissatisfied and contracts are up and that kind of stuff. I also do know that that you know they 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 are looking at. Japanese talent that maybe they would want to sign as well. Names I don't know. Uh, the, the the again there were a couple names that were thrown at me that I don't even think will happen, but I know there's been at least an attempt. Um, and that's that. That's 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 all I know. But I, I'm sure that they will be aggressive in 2019. What names I have no idea. Uh, Podmania says, "What were some of the other names you went through before deciding on Super J Cast as a name for the podcast?" Uh, I remember, was it the, something about the orange seats? I remember that one. Yeah. Um, so what? We, we actually, we we went back and forth a little bit on 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 names because uh, it's it's not as easy as it as it seems, and you kind of want to get something creative, and you want to kind of get something that rolls off the tongue. And um, it was, I think, it was between this one when it, when it was all said and done. It was between this one and um, wasn't it like? New Japan Unmasked. New Japan Unmasked. Yeah, yeah. yeah we we were doing that one, um, and I just like that one just because um, I don't know. I just kind of there's a show that I like that, that kind of does that. It's not a wrestling show, um, and I was like, ah, let me tie in. It kind of sounds pretty good. Uh, but there were other ones. We I actually have a list on my phone of some of them, and we were just like just throwing just just writing shit down and seeing what stuck and what rolled off the tongue and i think one of our litmus tests was can kevin kelly say this on a broadcast you know what i mean would he be able to say that was really one of the things like would it would be easy to say um and then i think we decided on this and then i panicked out i was like i don't know if i like this one i don't know if i like this one uh and then i got talked off the ledge and i love it so um yeah, I think I think it was between this one and New Japan Unmasked was the other one that we were kind of going back and forth on. Uh, Jay Wintle has got a question for Music Damon. When it comes oh. to Duran Duran's Rio album, do you prefer the Kirschenbaum remixes or the UK original? Mm. That's a good question. Uh, Rio is one of my favorite albums, top to bottom. I think every song is great. And and I don't care what WH Park says about Seven and a Ragged Tiger. Uh, it's not as good as Rio. <clears throat> Notorious, that was an underrated album. Uh, but the question is about the remix. So <clears throat> here's a fun fact. So I don't think Duran Duran gets enough credit uh, for the 12-inch remixes, the dance mixes, right? So back in the day, they were always kind of touted as the video band. Like they were the band that, that you know really made videos popular. And they, and they made the most out of videos because they're good-looking guys and they had these exotic locations and all this shit. And it was really new at the time. But really, one of the things that made them famous was, was were clubs, and they would play these twelve-inch dance mixes of these songs that they had. But they didn't like 
edit like today it's all in you know what what whatever program people use to edit audio um it's all that you know do you take the sound clips edit splice blah 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 but they would play new versions like live versions in the studio of dance mix so that so planet earth would now become a like a seven minute song and they would play it live um and they're they're great uh so the question was the original mixes on the album or those 12 um See, there's a couple of songs. So, so here's a perfect example. So The Reflex. Uh, everybody's heard the song The Reflex. You've heard the song The Reflex, right, Joel? Joel. You've heard the song The Did Fucking Reflex. you sing Reflex. it to me? The Reflex is an only child. I'm going to go look it up. I'm going to oh, listen to it while you're listen to Reflex, doing will you your music name a bit. All right. It's, it's, a, it's a classic 80s song. Uh, and probably Duran's biggest hit. Uh so that was at the height, their height of popularity. They were massive in 1985, massive. Um, the song on the album is really kind of bland. It really doesn't have that fucking, that ba-da-da-da, ba-da-da-da, like that shit. That's all Niall Rogers, the producer, who was in Chic, and he did uh, work with NXS. And he, he brought that fucking song to life. So there is something to be say about remixes and stuff like that. Um, the album is good because I like the continuality of it, uh, but I love a remix. Like, Hold Back the Rain remixes are better than the album versions. Um, and that's like just like a kind of, I don't want to say a throwaway song on radio, but uh, I don't know. I might like the remixes a little bit more. I might like the remixes a little bit more. So there's, there's an answer to that question. There's your music, Damon, for the day. I, I am listening to the song on YouTube as you speak. I, I don't think I've ever heard it before. Really? Sorry. Yeah, I was. How I think maybe you... you need to give me a, like a proper musical education on Duran? I, I like listen, missing out. I'll, I'll fucking hook you up on the Duran stuff. Uh, again, the the early stuff is more kind of like that new romantic, new wavy kind of thing in you know heavy bassline kind of stuff. Um, you know, first album Planet Earth, Girls on Film. Second album Rio, Hunger Like the Wolf, all that. Third album Reflex is a little bit more poppy, but then they kind of do a complete curve and notorious is like this real funky album it's it's uh it's kind of like well i mean i was going to give you a, a beastie boys analogy but you're not going to get it but uh i think those three albums are great and then they get big things not bad um liberty stinks uh and then they kind of get off into this real real like mainstream pop area this is really not that great but um yeah i'll hook, I'll hook you up with the duran stuff you might like it you know what it, like you know the band paramore now yeah. Okay. So Paramore sounds like they're dropped right into 1986. They they somehow got into a fucking time machine and wound up here. Um, there. That's 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 a that's a very Duran-y sound that Paramore has. Um, so if you like that, then then I think you like a lot of Duran. But all right, uh, enough of that. People get bored by this. Uh, William says, Damon, what was the reception to NWO Japan by the Japanese fans, and what did you think of the group? It was hot. It was red hot. Right. To this day, people, you'll see NWO t-shirts in the crowd uh, at Japanese wrestling shows. Um, super hot, super popular time for New Japan. Um, I mean, Bischoff basically stole the idea. Um, it was hot. I, 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 I can't say that I was in love with it. And, and a lot of the Bullet Club nonsense stuff that we hand wave currently... 
I mean, it's not like you, that's new and original. That's that's NWO stuff, and that's really a lot of the reason why it was so pop. It's so popular, like Bull Club stuff. Um, is is really a ripoff of NWL. I'm not going to lie. Um, and you know, American version and Japanese version. It, so, I just always remember the one like they had this like one vignette. And it was the NWO in in like this cell, this prison cell, and they break out of this prison cell. And I was just like, oh, this is the hokiest fucking thing in the world. Uh, and I, and again, the big storyline was Muda being, uh, pro, you know, they're they're trying to get him into the NWO, and but it was the great Muda and 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 Kenji Moto, kind of like the the. The great Muda persona was NWO, but Kenji Moto was not, right? So that was kind of like, what? Okay. Um, and, and that whole storyline of getting both sides of the mind into NWO. Uh, I can't say I hated it at the time, but I can't say I was in love with it either. Um, it was it was a solid okay, and for all the reasons that we talk about Bullet Club being a solid okay, um, you know, interference, nonsense, bullshit like that. So, uh, but then an occasional, not even occasional, you know, you'd have your your very good matches, but um, it was NWO. So what you got with the NWO here, you, you, you kind of seeing thought process going on over there. Uh, Scott says a Western wrestler who is a champion in NJPW but isn't on every tour has been criticized for his style of selling does annoying things on social media so when does the wheel turn and everyone starts hating Will Ospreay like they did Kenny Omega I think they already did well that and also when he wins the IWGP heavyweight title then you'll Mm -hmm. see those voices start to get louder yeah yeah but uh, listen there's there's plenty of backlash on Will right it seems like uh, you know there's a time period where uh, every six months he, you know, he was doing a knucklehead thing online, whether it's uh, the the GoFundMe he got some punches for, and wasn't there stuff with? Uh, I mean, I'm sure I don't know. I can't go through a whole laundry list of of social media outrage, but yeah, yeah, there, there, his popularity and his backlash online definitely had ebbs and flows. So uh, just go back in his timeline; I'm sure you'll see plenty of that. I think I've sort of went through a phase where that sort of stuff bothered me, but now I don't know. I guess I just I don't really care anymore. Wrestlers can be dumb and say dumb things sometimes. Yeah, I'm just kind of exhausted by it. Hey, me too. And again, it kind of falls back on my original thing of just don't go on it. It's it's never a winning scenario. You know what I mean? I I I just don't know if people go see you because of what you do on social media. I, I say that with the young bucks and you know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm the, the, the stupid one. I'm probably the stupid one. Um, but I just don't see how that is helping anyone. I think it just does more harm than good. You have more opportunity to fuck up than you you do to shine. So, um, no, I just say get off of it. Okay, uh, Bastard of Heavy Metal says, would like to hear discussion on Milano Collections in Ring career, Fave moments, matches, etc. He's someone who I haven't watched enough of. Um, he, he was in CTU, um, which was a faction. Uh, Liger, when Liger was doing his heel stuff. Um, he's got, he had a nice little junior heavyweight title run. 
Um, I'm trying to think of stuff that really stood out in mind. I don't have anything in mind on the spot. But uh, his title defenses were, were good. And I wouldn't say great, but there's some good matches in there. Um, so, so seek those out. Seek out those title wins and those title defenses. I think, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised, uh, given that you have no frame of reference right now for him. Um, I, I wouldn't call him one of the all-time greats. Um, but I think there's there's stuff in there that you can again, – again, the title runs, not bad. Not, 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 not horrible either, but not bad. Mondo Mishima says, Dolph Ziggler slash Nick Nemeth is rumored to leave WWE. Any chance of seeing him in New Japan? So uh, let's add that to pants up or pants down. Dolph Ziggler in New Japan. I think he's talented. I really do. I don't, I don't know why people bang on him. I just think he's just so – like people are just tired of seeing him. Um, I would go pants down. Uh, slightly. I'd say just right below, right, right at thigh. Right at th- I'm not going all the way down. Uh, they're 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 down, but they're not all the way down. Uh, I've got a funny story now that you've mentioned that. Uh-oh. I probably shouldn't share this on the podcast. Uh, yes, you should. Started, well, now you so should. I feel like I should. <laughs> all right, let's get right into that. Right. So uh, I'll, I'll go sem- semi down for Dolph. Uh, again, it's a WWE name. I know people will kind of hand wave it just for that alone, but I think he's talented and I think he would fit in just fine. So my lovely wife, Mally, has been going to hospital regularly for health things. I, I won't get into the details yeah, yeah, of yeah, it, yeah. but basically the nurse and the doctor, this was last Friday, said to her that she needed to have a shot in the backside, which mm-hmm. I've, I've had before. And when you imagine that, Damon, and they say, right, you need to have a shot in the backside, which part of the backside are you imagining the shot goes in? Well, I'm assuming the the fleshy part, the the... The backside, your derriere, your uh, uh, cheeks, if you will. Well, I've had the experience of having it myself. It's usually sort of just the very top of your buttock, almost right. lower back, right? Kind of, kind of not not quite your hip, but just the top part of your the cheek. Sure. <laughs> so they say, okay, we need to give you an injection in your your pigu, as they say in Chinese, pigu. I say, oh, that, that's your bum, Mally. So she gets up and pulls her pants and her underwear like all the way down, like down to her knees, and sticks her bum out. And then wow. the nurse and the doctor are like, "No, no, 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 no!" Wow, and I was dying. That is... I've got this on video because I was taking a video because we had to give her the shots at home as well. So it was sort of like an educational thing because I needed to know. Oh, sure, to education. Myself. Yeah, so uh-huh. I've got video footage of this event, which I don't know. Maybe if I get drunk enough in New York, I might share with you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. share it online. Speaking yeah, of pants yeah. up, pants down. Yeah, she if she if she has a couple in her, uh, we'll we'll have to ask to see that. That is fucking tremendous. That's like that's like something a little kid would do. Um, Oh my God, that's that. She, so she, without any hesitation, she's just unbuckled. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, 
or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 